0: Let's go. Welcome to Managing Marketing, and today I'm, uh, well, it's, uh, this is 12 years in the making. Um, I get to sit down with Mark Green, who's the Group Chief Executive Officer and Co-Founder of the Monkeys, and the new Chair of the Communications Council. Welcome, Mark.
1: Thanks, Darren. Good to be here.
0: I say 12 years in the making because it was about 12 years ago that I turned up in Surrey Hills... Surrey Hills or Redfern. Redfern. Yeah. Redfern. Yeah. At your invitation to come mm-hmm. and see the agency that uh, you and Scott and Justin had just formed. Yes. Called the Three Drunk Monkeys.
1: Yes. Yeah. Well, that was. Uh, yeah. It was. It was. It was pretty uh, rough and ready. Our first office. Um, I think we took the keys. The agent gave them to us. We walked into the building and there was a pool of blood in the foyer. <laughs> We kind of looked at each other and thought the worst and the agent reassured us that um, it's okay Um, that's just usually uh, some drug addicts that have tried to break into the building but by the time they get to your uh, studio they've run out of uh, run out of energy uh, (laughs) they don't usually get all the way to the end of the corridor so um, yeah that was the uh, that was the first uh, first office
0: well, I remember the, uh, the elevator was quite slow. It was like, more like a goods lift than an elevator. And then walking yeah. down the hallway, there was a couple of holes in the wall that suspiciously looked like someone had put their fist or their head through
1: it. Yeah, that, that's, that's what the agent was referring to, um, trying to kick through the uh, plaster right. walls. Um, but yeah, the lift was special. That was uh, full of graffiti, um, kind of the sort of, you know, scratching with coin type graffiti which we actually painted when we um, were pitching for Foxtel, which okay. was actually the first um, you know, major, major piece of business that we won. Uh, but the night before the pitch, we realized that uh, we probably needed to do something about the lift. So um, <laughs> Justin's wife, Simone, uh, got, a, got some white paint and painted the uh, lift, yeah. um, which uh, thankfully didn't come off on our clients' jackets <laughs> on, the, on the way up the next day.
0: Well, um, and one of the things I remember very clearly is the opt- absolute optimism. And I say that yeah. because I walked into what was quite a big room, felt yeah. like quite a big space, that yeah. had one uh, table and yes. the three of you sitting there around yeah. the table and lots of space. And I thought to myself, these guys have got significant plans to grow because there's all this <laughs> empty space around you.
1: Um, That that was actually
0: a a door, wasn't it? The table was actually an old door or something?
1: Yeah, it was uh, was a door on a couple of trestles. Uh, We had uh, one internet connection that we used to pass around the, you know, kind of the wireless uh, cord and put into our computers. Um, Yeah, look, we were, I think naivety served us very well back then. Um, Like, I, I think the first creative team we hired were you know, earning twice as much as we were. Um, The second creative team we hired, we did a worldwide search for, you know, Mm -hmm. I I don't know why we thought we needed to do a worldwide search, but one of the creatives ended up coming from America. Um, And when he arrived, uh, one of the guys in the team picked him up in the airport. He came to the office, he looked around and said, Ooh, this isn't an agency. This is just a few dudes in a room. And, uh, but he stayed with us for a number of years, and uh, yeah, I mean, look, we just we just went for it, pinned our ears back, and had a go.
0: Yeah, um, and I think that's uh, it's interesting because I go and see a lot of agencies, especially yeah. small startup yeah. agencies. But not a lot of them end up where you guys are. Like 12 years later, yeah. you are one of the dominant players. You've yeah. recently, was it two, almost two years ago, you've, yeah. you've sold equity to one of the big consulting firms. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you'd have to say that you've certainly left a significant uh, imprint on the
1: marketplace. Mm. That journey yeah. must be phenomenal. Yeah, look, I, th- I think in the early days, it was about trying to find clients that would um, just give us an opportunity to show what we could do. Uh, and uh, thankfully, some of those early clients uh, you know, saw what we could do and gave us more work. And the more work and variety you have, Uh, the more you can actually tell a story of a business that can do things across a number of different clients. And, uh, yeah, look, I think after the first year, we'd we'd worked with Pepsi, we'd worked with Yahoo, we'd worked with Foxtel, and we made the most of briefs that, um, you know, they weren't necessarily big briefs, but they were a great opportunity for us to show what we could do. And we took the opportunity and we did some good work and work that, you know, kind of also showcase that you know we weren't just trying to be the same as the other agencies in town but we we're trying to do things differently whether it was a short film a piece of content um we had this books of, you did TV yeah, shows, yeah yeah you did all yeah all sorts of yeah, stuff. we did yeah look and, and it was and it was there was about um you know sh- kind of showing an idea that lived in the the nexus between advertising entertainment and technology mm-hmm. and that's where we saw the um the future of marketing communications going at that point in time and we just wanted to show that we could do work that um, you know, morphed and kind of worked in that world. And well,
0: I remember at the time, and, and it's, it's still true, that a lot of agencies still struggle with trying to convince their clients that they don't just do TV ads or yeah. they don't just do websites or whatever. Yeah. Um, you guys were definitely, uh, from day one, mm. focused on creating popular culture in yeah, a way. Yeah, Because it wasn't, you know, as soon as you make an ad, mm. it's something that sits within popular culture. Yes. But you were creating from, and this is my interpretation, yeah. uh, you were creating things that actually contributed to popular
1: culture. Yeah, look. Or uh, formed it. Uh, I think that's, again, it's just the best opportunity for, the, for a brand to be seen and, and to be heard today is because, you know, uh, consumers control how they receive messages. And unless they want to, take part in that message they're they're going to shut it out and you know the i think the the so the work needs to get into popular culture for it to have an impact Mm. so you need to work strategically and creatively to get there and you know most of the time we're doing that so the outcome is a result of you know sound thinking that the client understands exactly why they need to do that and, um, you know, I think MLA is a great example of that. A very mm. clear strategy, uh, which hasn't changed over five years. And every, every, every time we've done a campaign, whether you like it or not, whether the general public likes it or not, it's heard, it's understood and it's shared and it's discussed widely. And, you know, what has come as a result of that are sales and significant growth over time. Mm. And, you know, uh, I think it won a long-term effectiveness um, goal at the FES this year. Um, so it showcases that, you know, just that type of thinking mm. can, is the best weapon for a marketer as well.
0: Now, um, on your own brand, yeah. uh, you did start yeah. with a very distinctive name. you know, yes. uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, Three drunk monkeys. How did that, where did the name come from?
1: I think Justin was actually at an industry event and um, his observation was that we were a bunch of drunk monkeys in the advertising industry. Right. And uh, when uh, we started the business, it became the Three Drunk Monkeys as a consequence of that. Um, and yeah, look, it, it, uh, it, it was memorable. It was different. Um, it's still, as the monkeys, seems different in the industry. And I think ultimately a brand name is what you make of it. And I think the, um, everything that we did subsequently, I guess, built its distinctiveness over time um but yeah look i think that's we're always asking our clients to sort of br- be brave and stand out and be distinctive and uh, i think that's uh you know we've certainly done that i like that point about making it mean something
0: yeah, yeah. first first of all i remember um you dropping the drunk part and yeah. going to the monkeys was because a, a alcoholic beverages client mm-hmm. said that they wanted to appoint you but couldn't appoint a group of drunks um yeah yeah, yeah. But just the monkey part, mm. you know, you've actually managed to embody the sort of fun, uh, mischievous, uh, yep. you know, playful, but also you know quite uh, communal and and, uh, and effective as well.
1: Yeah, look, uh, look, I, I think um, you know the the brand we've created has served us well, and it's not just the the name. I mean, that's just part of. Um, I guess the symbolism and the, um, you know, the outward piece of a brand, Um, you know, our essence is built on provocative thinking and our purpose is to make provocative ideas happen. And I think that clarity has served us really well because that's what we tell clients we are here to do. And they either buy it or they don't, but they at least understand what we do and why we do it um, versus another agency.
0: But that's quite challenging for a lot of clients. Yeah, and, and especially yeah. big corporate clients, yeah. which you have yeah, we do. quite a large number yeah. in your portfolio, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. to turn around to a big corporate, especially if they're mm-hmm. ASIC listed or you yeah. know, they've got boards, yeah. uh, shareholders, yeah. and say, we're going to be provocative. Yeah, uh, provocative is one of those words that uh, the risk-adverse world runs from, isn't <laughs> it?
1: <laughs> well, it hasn't. Um, and we do uh, work with uh, some of Australia's biggest brands, Telstra. NRMA, CGU, Qantas, uh, Australia Post and Holden are are some of those brands. Look, I think in today's day and age, you know, there's a lot of talk of disruption, um, of industry change. And I think there's a general acceptance that the same old shit's not going to make a difference. And when that is the case, when clients are looking for something, they are probably already predetermined to look for something different. And I think that's what the monkeys have probably represented um in an industry that hasn't changed that much for over many decades um, but i think the the necessity to stand out as a brand to be understood and we always talk about provoking with purpose so there's a strategic intent behind um the fr- provocation and the provocation could be emotional it could be um you know to kind of be seen Without doubt, there's a whole bunch of ways and feelings, etc., that you can provoke that would suit a brand um, and might not suit another brand.
0: I also wonder if part of it is that when um, businesses, corporations think about advertising and being provocative in yeah. advertising, yeah. they Often misunderstand and think it's creativity for the sake of creativity. When yeah. actual fact, one of the things that uh, you guys have been particularly strong mm. at is the strategic development and yeah. and having a methodology yeah. of getting the the strategy right, the communication yeah. strategy, yeah. so that you can then launch pro- being provocative from there.
1: Yeah. I, look, I I think that. you're you're divorcing the strategy and the execution or or kind of separating them and being very strategic upfront, um, serves you much better in terms of the type of work that you can then, um, leap from. And I think for every client we work with, we have a clear purpose and a clear blueprint for that client. And uh, we find it really hard if we don't start there. Um, Because it's, you know, just making ads was never part of what we wanted to do. We did want to actually try and transform businesses and brands. And I think that's also part of why we chose to um, an eventual sale to a management consultancy like Accenture was because it was kind of additive to the ability to transform a business. You know, they do things that we don't and vice versa.
0: Mm. Yeah, because over the years you've been approached, you know, there's been all the rumours about being approached by, uh, I think it was uh, Saatchi was one yep. of the hot rumours. And, yep. you know, I'm sure that there were lots of people knocking at the door because you were drawing so much attention to yourself. Yeah. Selling out to, you know, one of the holding mm. companies. Yeah. What would that have meant for you compared to where you've ended up?
1: Oh, look, I, I think it's it's been a journey, right? And um, it's interesting because we started the business and we wanted to be in business and just head down. It was about creating great work and working with great clients, working with great people, and we did that. And then suddenly, you know, you get noticed, you're doing some interesting things, and someone knocks on your door and says that uh, they'd like to buy your company. And it's, it's an interesting moment because suddenly then you're all thinking about all these other existential things that... Uh, um, you haven't previously had to think about, and you didn't start out thinking about. And we, we were—you we mean were you pretty, didn't you know, go to
0: the Jerry Maguire uh, school of negotiation and say, "Show me the money"? No, <laughs> no. Look, I, I, I think,
1: look. Really, in the like, absolutely in the beginning, uh, there was a real sort of purist uh, kind of notion to the monkeys about um, you know just trying to do the work that we always wanted to do that, but we felt were wasn't achievable within the. Um, agencies that we'd worked in and because um,
0: yeah all three of you have yeah. had you know before you didn't yes. just sort of appear and start an agency yeah. you'd all had significant careers in yeah. major agencies hadn't you? yeah
1: look we, we, we had we had I mean we hadn't um, done the big jobs in major agencies but we were certainly on the path to that mm. and um, but I think you know what we were seeing in the industry was that it was changing at warp speed and we felt like we wanted to try and shape a business that was um, set up to work with that change not to have to kind of reorientate a a legacy kind of business and yeah look I I think it was there were interesting approaches and over time I think we just got to understand um, what it is that we wanted out of um, the business that we had created um, and where we wanted to take it to next and I Mm. think um, you know the time. It's the timing. Um, you know it was good to kind of evolve and to bet on something different, which I think the um, you know being part of Accenture Interactive is certainly about. Um, you know it brings in creativity, um, consultancy, and technology, and I think all those things are highly relevant today.
0: Mm. Um, one of the other issues, obviously, is as you've grown. Yeah. And, and you know i'm um, stereotyping here but in a way justin and scott yeah. have had the ultimate responsibility for the product yeah. you know the output yeah. is yeah. there yeah. yeah so your role has been you know managing in and and really creating the business to yeah. support that yeah. okay what have, what's been the biggest challenge from that perspective not from, from, from the creative and product but from managing a business you know when you started 12 years ago yeah. to today you must have learned so many things about uh, running totally. a business i mean you know
1: we we never i'd never run a business before this was the first one that i'd run and over that time you just get better at um, understanding the mechanics of running an organization and in our business it's about kind of people and clients it's it's pretty simple um and, uh, well, you
0: say it's simple, but it's complex. Yeah, look, in at, dealing at, with at, people at, and yeah, clients. and
1: and and you kind of deal with sort of growth and growing pains and uh, all the kind of uh, setup costs around a business, um, cash flow, etc. Um, you know, working with uh, you know, a finance department. Um, you know, juggling the demands of you know work that's going through the business at that moment in time. But also with an eye to the future, as to what business that you need to kind of, you know, become the, the, you know, get to the next stage, yep. and you know, at different points in time, that was more challenging than, than others, and um, you know, the, there were there were there were points in time where, um, you know, it just it got it got difficult, um, you know, you you uh, you you had. a a group of clients today that was going to change and then you had to kind of get on the front foot in terms of new business to get to the next stage um you go from you know working with small clients on projects to um you know longer term retained relationships and that all that dynamic changes the nature of your organization um i think the kind of as you grow you need a management team you need structures in place that can deliver um not only the product, but a process that allows the product to be as good as it was when, you know, you had a handful of people around the table. And, uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're good challenges. And um, I think uh, the great thing about the partnership we've had is that it's worked because I think we've all complemented each other mm. and, um, you know, found a way to get through the tough times with, um, you know, a, a healthy level of debate and, um, You know, sometimes argument, but ultimately, you know, we've we've brushed ourselves down and and moved forward and uh, not looked back. And there's you know there's a bit of uh, uh, determination, tenacity, um, you know, smarts, naivety, good luck. All all the factors in play are always there at any moment in time. And uh, you know, but ultimately, you know, you make your own luck by you know working harder than anyone to try and deliver and make sure that you have high standards. And I think, um, the standard of work across the client base we've had and the commitment to the clients, um, has proven to always be there. And, um, that's meant clients have stayed with us for long periods of time, which Mm -hmm. has meant that you can build on that foundation. Um, and those clients are, you know, we're incredibly thankful to, you know, the ones in the early days that, uh, you know just backed us uh, Foxtel when they were the only big client that we had. Um, you know it was, a, it was a bold choice to go to you know three drunk monkeys at the time in Redfern mm. um, you know with uh, a, you know a, a big and successful company um, run by you know uh, Kim Williams, Brian Walsh, Patrick Delaney, all those characters were, Um, part of the team that gave us our first go Mm. Um, you know subsequently there's other clients that have also stayed with us for a long time um, the likes of Eubank Parmalat Ikea uh, you know Telstra you know they've they've been long term partners,
0: and this is at a time you know we've seen in the last decade yeah. the churn in agency client yeah. relationships, yeah. and you've managed to to hold those clients. You mentioned um, people are yeah. so important. Yeah. You know, I imagine because the Australian market's relatively small. Yeah. And earlier on, you said uh, you went and recruited uh, you know around the world. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, there's there's an interesting thing. I was going to ask you: is there a sort of monkey type? person that fits in yeah but then also i I get the feeling that it's quite a diverse group as well
1: yeah yeah look uh, yeah look we've never um wanted to just sort of you know cookie cutter the the perfect monkey i think um part of uh having a creative business is allowing people to be themselves and kind of express the opportunity in front of them and uh you know, I think if there's a few characteristics that we like is that, you know, people are down to earth, straight up, but smart and, you know, can really try and find ways through. Um, but, yeah, we've always had a really diverse group of people, um, uh, you know, from various different backgrounds. We've, we've you know, we've, we've taken some punts on, um, you know, different people that you wouldn't typically, um, you know, put in roles uh, because the, the circumstance of the business at the time necessitated that. Uh, but, we've, yeah, I think just being open-minded and not trying to, you know, be too rigid with how you view people and what they can do in your organisation, um, just to allow them to kind of, you know, be good at what they do.
0: Yeah, and, and find people that have, I guess, the right
1: attitude or attitude yeah, yeah, as yeah, well. Because
0: yeah. it is more an attitude, isn't it, I th- rather I th- than a particular th- yeah. type of person. Yeah, some-
1: I think so. I think there's, um, you know, a lot of agencies spend a lot of time complaining about their clients. That's um, a seems to be a bit of a mm-hmm. thing in our industry, but, you know, they are ultimately our lifeblood. And I think when you run a business and you own it and uh, you're responsible for turning the lights on, every day um, mm-hmm. and keeping them on you have a, a a different level of respect for that business um, and also a di- probably a different level of commitment to it as well yeah and i think that's um you know that, that that's that's served us well uh you know because there's a lot of talented people that have um had a go at starting a business and you know it might be the wrong combination of people or or you know maybe they just didn't want to stay the path um you know there are there, there are times over 13 years where you just go oh my god let's just end <laughs> um, but i can't imagine you ever had groundhog
0: <laughs> days it was never uh, a, a same same uh, crap different uh, different day it was always no, no, new no. challenges yeah uh, look
1: it's it's yeah look uh, there's never been a dull moment like yeah. it's um i mean i think that's the greatest thing about the business um and you know like it is a great business to be a part of you know there's uh It's dynamic. It's creative. uh, There's always new challenges. There's always new ways of solving a problem, Um, and I think with the kind of the state of the market and where technology is taking us, like the opportunities for creativity are even bigger and better than they have ever been.
0: It's interesting you raise that because one of the things that we're seeing is that technology is from a, implement, a, a sort of output point of view, is creating more and more demand for production.
1: Yes, yeah. <coughs> yeah, yeah,
0: producing all these assets yeah. that need to be. Um, marketing budgets are staying mm-hmm. virtually flat, if in yeah. real terms, going backwards. Yeah, yeah. And so many agencies have hitched their remuneration to so producing things, yes, rather than the
1: value of the ideas. Uh, look, I mean, this this is and this is a pillar of the Comms Council um, strategy. Is 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 trying to find an alternative to the cost based po- cost plus pricing model mm. that's in market. And I think you know value based pricing is absolutely a big part of the agenda for the Comms Council. And I think trying to find you know re- really tangible and great case studies that demonstrate its success. Both for the client and for an agency, mm. it's got. It, it does have to change. Like I think, um, you know, someone pointed out to I think it was Ron Baker, we were in um, one of his courses. I don't know if you've um, yeah yeah you've been part of one of them, but uh, he highlighted during the era of Mad Men in the fifties, advertising agencies were making a margin of thirty percent. Um, today, it's lucky to be ten. Mm. Um, at the same time, there's an explosion of channels, and agencies are probably being asked to do it, you know. 5 to 10 times more than what they have ever been asked in the past. So I think the um, it ha- it has to change absolutely.
0: Well, my business uh, partner in the US Mike Farmer, yeah. he's yeah. tracked it from 95 to now. Yeah. He says the break even point for agencies was around 2006. Yeah. Yes. So from 1995, yeah. The actual fees that have been paid have just, in real terms, gone down. That's right. While the scopes of work have increased. Yeah, like And it's, he said that's breaking. Two thousand and six. Yeah. So it means twelve years. Yeah. And the industry has been running on empty, if yeah. not in the negative.
1: And 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 clients need that to change as well because you know they they need bright, creative people that can solve mm. challenges for their businesses, and um, you know I think the role for the agency has never been. Greater, um, but the challenge around remuneration is significant, mm. and it has to evolve. And um, yeah, that, that's a big part of the agenda for the Commons Council. Probably, we've a been pri- doing pro- uh, a uh, value,
0: we've been doing value based uh, pricing mm. since two thousand and seven. But uh, yeah, that's yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, look, you know, there's there's some great. Uh, examples out there of agencies mm. that are trying to change the game in that respect yeah um, and you know I, I think it's kind of from the odd deal here and there it's got to become more commonplace
0: mm. um, pitching is also you know you guys have been particularly successful yeah. and uh, one of the things I've always admired is if I phone a agency CEO and and say I've got a they'll say yes we're in yeah um, whereas you don't do that.
1: Yeah, look, I, I think you've, um, we've always been, um, uh, I mean, the, the agencies are always optimistic when it comes to pitching. It's the nature of the type of uh, business we are. We're a creative business and you always kind of look for the bright side. But the reality is not every agency and client are a match. Mm. And, um, you know, if you pick the wrong clients, they will ruin your business. Yeah, And we've seen examples of that in recent years sort of agencies that have taken on clients and it's just been a terrible fit. And at, at the time that those clients will tell you that you know, they're changing and they're gonna be different, but the reality is. <laughs> it's very hard know, for them to change their spots. Yeah, and, that, that, that's it. And they're not gonna change for, right. you know agencies are small businesses in comparison mm-hmm. to the clients that they serve. And you know so they're, they're never gonna change for the agency they work with. Yeah. Um, so you've gotta be really particular in, on the type of clients that you bring into the company. You know, culturally, uh, in terms of the work and the output that they want to achieve. Um, and also, you know, the style of business and who's running that marketing department at the time. Mm.
0: And yet it's interesting because not only are client-agency relationships churning. Yeah, um, but uh, CMOs and heads of marketing are churning as well. You know, Under so two
1: years, isn't it? Yeah, okay. so y- yeah. You,
0: you win a piece of business with one yeah. uh, person and has a particular mm. view. And then before you know it, uh, they've moved on and there's someone else yeah. running the show.
1: And I think that's where kind of agencies need to do the right job, not necessarily always the job that the client asks of them in the t- mm. at that moment in time because... Um, often what clients are asking for isn't actually what they need. And I think great advice from great agencies is always to deliver what they need. Mm. And that serves you longer than two years and the two years that a CMO might be in a job. Mm. And I think that's really important and probably why we have um, you know, worked for clients. And you know, over that time, there's been many changes in the CMOs that have been, we've worked with um, but the strate- strategies have stayed in place.
0: So um, that's a good point because we're seeing a rise, supposedly, in in-house agencies. How is yeah. an in-house agency ever going to give the organisation what they need yeah. when they're part of the system that's demanding what they want?
1: Yeah, look, and, uh, look I think, again, it's, just, it's down to um, probably what you, you raised earlier around hitching your wagon to production as opposed to the value of what mm. you're delivering for a client because the, the production side of it can always be commoditized or bought and in some way, shape or form can be brought in-house. Now, that's not to say that, you know, obviously there's varying degrees of quality in production, mm. but there's a large part of what, what an agency does that is, you know, repeating material or kind of uh, replicating it or just producing versions. Versions. We, yeah, versions. That's we right. use
0: okay. a um, we use the automotive industry as a metaphor here. Yeah. Yeah. W- when you look at any major auto business, yeah, they will spend millions and millions of dollars doing the research and designing and building mm. a prototype. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But then they'll once once that's approved, they will do everything possible mm. to make the production line yeah. fast, efficient, and that's low right. cost yeah. without compromising yeah. quality. Yeah. So that they can produce the red one, the silver one, the green one with whatever combinations you want in real time. And I think that's where, uh, because of especially all the digital channels, that's where it's coming to. You're either going to be the part that creates the prototype and, and defines it and specifies it in a way that you're willing to hand it over. Yeah to the production line. Yeah. And then the production line is going to be a very small margin business. Yeah, it is.
1: It is. And uh, and I think, again, that's what's going to challenge agencies to rethink how they do do business. Mm. Um, and I think Well, Sorry, so, Mark, we're, yeah. we're
0: still seeing agencies yeah. that just to do the seven resizes of a d- set of yeah. display ads yeah. are doing it manually and yeah. charging thousands of dollars yeah. when there's already technology platforms yeah. that will automate it
1: yeah that's right and, yeah. and, 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 and you know we're seeing kind of um, outsourcing to um, you know India and Chile yeah. and places like that to do it even cheaper mm. um, So I think there's yeah look I, I mean I, I, I kind of sort of welcome some of those changes because it is going to force a rethink and around the value of what an agency delivers and i think that's that's good for the industry and it's forced but it's kind of and it's going to hurt for a bit mm. um, but ultimately that's where the new breed of agency then and, and the clients will will start doing business and and i especially think that you know because people worry about creative
0: the creative talent within agencies yeah but if you embrace that prototype model yeah Creative people like solving problems yeah. creatively, yeah. and they do like to actually create the solution, yes. not just speculate the solution. Yeah. But create. yeah. So if you yeah. get to create the prototype, mm. in a way, it's learning to then let go of it.
1: Yeah. Look, I, I, I think the yeah, I, I, yeah, the, and that's um, I think most um, most creative businesses are happy to let go there, and you know the the versioning etc is probably the stuff that you know is uh you know that that i think most people would be happy to kind of let go unless your Um, pricing
0: model is all on making your margin on the virgining yeah that's versioning 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 yeah Yeah. because yeah you've taken a bath on the actual value that you've created in the first
1: place yeah look it's it's a it's a great conversation and uh i think it's at the forefront of where the industry needs to go next Mm -hmm. and um yeah, we're going to play a role. I'll play a role as, as chair of the comms council, but also, um, you know, the monkeys and uh, as part of Accenture Interactive. I mean, it's no different in management consulting, I might add. You know, they're also looking at value based pricing. They're also looking at, uh, you know, ways of um, getting putting some skin in the game to kind of, you know, f- um, you know, put some risk and reward mm. into contracts um other that, than savings hopefully yeah that's right. <laughs> oh yeah absolutely and, and, and i think i mean like real value yeah, not just yeah, yeah, cost yeah, reduction yeah. yeah. i mean there's some you know there's some great case studies around the world on that mm. activity happening both in agencies and management consulting
0: mm. now um, you have brought up uh, um, accenture a couple of times Yeah. Um, so when they came knocking on the door mm. or did you approach them
1: uh, look we we um, we, we having received many kind of approaches um, we felt like the best way to get an outcome that we wanted to um, be part of was to take it into our own hands Mm -hmm. Um, so we we looked at a couple of um, emerging areas uh, where we thought there's a future or something interesting in a combination of companies that could create something different um, you know, obviously, there's the holding companies. Um, we looked at sort of the media and tech space, and then we looked in the consulting world. And um, I think what we liked about Accenture Interactive specifically uh, was their capability and technology, and their mm-hmm. global scale. And that's where uh, we found like our kind of brand and creative capability in combination with that was interesting and different.
0: Because the Kamarama um, deal had gone ahead just prior to this, or were you already talking to we them? We were
1: actually already talking uh, to them, yeah. and um, and then that got announced. So it was uh, serendipity. Yeah, yeah. So great minds often think alike. Yeah. Well, look. Um, yeah. I mean, there was obviously there's obviously something in the water, right? Because yeah. uh, I think in the last 12 months globally, um, you know, Deloitte, PwC. BCG, um, McKinsey, etc., have all made plays in this in this kind of in you know, yeah. the marketing communications. No, we know um, yeah. always uh, CMO
0: yeah. advisories mean that uh, yeah. we're bumping up against them all the time. Yeah, so, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So actually, been quite interesting. Yes, um, and you have you've you've on um, publicly stated. Oh, many times that yeah. really it's not one of those things of a, a, a acquisition in that they've taken over yeah. that you really get on with the job, but you're yeah. just uh, now able to access the, um, the resources or the capabilities yeah, of yeah. that broader group.
1: Yeah, look, uh, I mean, you know, I mean, we've, we've done some, I mean, you know, the standalone monkeys business is continuing to sort of flourish and thrive. We've um, had a great 12 months. Um, but we, we, what's interesting has been where we've um, you know worked with uh, Fjord, which is a product and service design business, and Accenture um, to deliver something at scale that we couldn't have done previously. Mm. Um, and there's been a number of projects like that that uh, you know have allowed us to include a brand and communication solution with a product and service design and technology solution combined. Mm. And that's kind of starting to get to a point where you're bringing together, I guess, brand and customer experience, but actually being able to deliver that spectrum of brand-led thinking. And um, yeah, look, uh, you, you, and the team is starting to learn new things, and vice versa. Mm. Um, so I think everybody starts to kind of bring something together that everybody's done in isolation, and I think that that benefits the client, but it also benefits the general kind of sense of, a, uh, of, of the monkey's business, learning and evolving. Um, you know I think I think just doing the same old thing over and over again you get very good at it. Um, but at, there's a certain point in time where there's diminishing returns and um, you know the interest wanes and there's kind of fatigue and complacency sets in. Well yeah, so innovation
0: you know, comes from getting various perspectives, doesn't yeah, it?
1: Yeah, and you need a certain amount of restlessness. We've always been comfortable in you Know doing things we hadn't been that we hadn't done before because
0: um, a lot of people talked about cultural clashes. You know, yeah, it's re- yeah. really quite interesting yeah. that that was immediately seen as yeah. uh, one of the hurdles that's going to happen.
1: Yeah, look, I, I think it's actually, um, you know, it's kind of allowing cultures of cultures to survive. And I think ultimately in business today, you need a combination of you know, right and left brain talents to come together to get something significant done. Um, and that's always been the case and you know whether it's uh, um, you know whether it's creating a film or a TV series or a um, piece of technology that is brand led I think it's the same sort of open mindedness to kind of collaborate and deliver something unique Um, and I think uh, and just to learn and just to kind of evolve and not dig your heels in and just stick with what you know Um, so I think the um, I actually really enjoy the culture differences that mm-hmm. you need to kind of have around a table to deliver something um, unique. And I think you know it's and I think people that are around that table are also kind of feeling like they're doing something new and different. And that's a good place to be.
0: Yeah, well, yeah. it's challenging people yeah. to rethink their uh, their perceptions. Yeah. And
1: it's uh, you know, look, It's it's not easy, but, you know, nothing is that, um, you know, changes, I guess, an industry or the game that, as it's always been played.
0: Mark, this has been fantastic. Worth the uh, wait from that 12 years ago in Redfern. (laughs) Um, Just before we go, we've got one question for you. How much was it exactly that uh, you guys walked away with?